Welcome to another episode of Inside the Recording Studio. I am Jody Whitesides, and with me, as always, is Mr. Chris Hallstrom. How are you today, Chris? I'm good. There's my energetic buddy with the intro there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing good, Jody. How are you doing? I am still in recovery mode, but otherwise doing pretty well. Yeah. Won't get into it, but I'm glad you're on the mend, and that, that's awesome. Well, I'll so, get into it. Yeah. I had a couple of surgeries, so there it there is. There you go. Yeah. All right. You had... Uh, Shoulder and knee oh, on opposite okay. sides of the body. So it makes it very difficult to sleep at night for the last weeks. Well, not even a yeah. week yet, but yeah. All right. Well, good for you. I was struggling to try to come up with something funny there, but uh, let's go with the truth and uh, go with well. that. So, yeah. No, it's good. I'm glad you healing up nicely there. That, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So what are we talking about today? This was a Friday find, actually, for you. Sort of, of yeah. It was... A thing called Big Sky. And then the first thing I think right after that is the infamous hit song from Chris Whitley. And I, it wasn't a huge hit in the pop sense of hits, but Chris Whitley had a song called Big Sky Country. And every time I think of the Strymon, Big Sky, I think of that song for some stupid reason. It kind of goes hand in hand. It is a reverb pedal, mm -hmm. and it is a very fancy reverb pedal and a very awesome sounding reverb pedal. And a couple of years ago at NAM, I was fortunate enough to meet and be introduced to one of their executives away from the Strymon booth. So it was more of a friendly kind of thing. I got to talk to him a little bit about, hey, are you guys ever going to do plug-in versions of your pedals? Because I really like them. For my own selfish reasons, it's because I do everything digitally. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I wasn't thinking about it in terms of a production sense. But you have learned something otherwise since we are about to talk about this. What did you learn about the fact that this is now a plug-in? As you mentioned there, it's a very high-quality reverb in a, a guitar pedal form, Yeah, right? What they got a lot of requests for was so many people were using this as their reverb in their productions, where they actually use the guitar pedal as their reverb. So they got a lot of requests to actually make it a plugin for that reason, so that they could use multiple of them. Highly so, understandable. Absolutely. <laughs> it is a, um, it's easy to think that, well, yeah, it's just another reverb, mm -hmm. right? And sure. there's so many reverb units out there and, and plugins out there that it could see like superfluous. Oh, do we really need another? reverb plugin. But this one is a high quality one, obviously, and people were using it liking this sound. And now it is. So we were going to kind of lift the hood on this one a little bit today and, and talk about it. Well, now that it's a it plugin. Is. Yeah. Now that it's a plugin. Right. First thing, just as we keep saying, like high quality, this one goes up to 192K. So in sample rate, you're talking about in sample rate as we're using this. So it is capable of doing that. It's not like, no, it's just a 44.1 or whatever. It's very you know, smooth in certain smooth aspects. In certain aspects. As we'll discover later, it doesn't always have to be smooth. No. But it is smooth. It's a great sounding reverb. Let's just go through that because it has like 12 different types of algorithms, basically, that we could use here. Would you call it 12 different types of algorithms or 12 different areas where you can go into delving into the types of reverbs that are in each area? Yeah, maybe types playground? of reverb. Is 12 the, playgrounds yeah. <laughs> of, of reverb maybe is a good way of saying it. Let's just simplify and say like 12 types of reverb okay. that it, it's capable of doing. And we have a lot of the usual suspects here. Just rattle them off here. We got room, we got hall, plate, spring. And those are kind of like 
your main things. Right? But then we have some other ones that we have swell. You have something called bloom. Mm-hmm. We got cloud. Yes. Ooh. We have shimmer. We got coral, so, magneto. Uh-huh. And the last two are nonlinear and reflections. A lot of different types of reverb that we can get out of this. And we're going to dig a little bit deeper on a few of these as we go on. They're all sounding great. So They do. And the most surprising one to me, just to get it out there, was Corral. Yeah. That mm-hmm. one was yeah. like very, very interesting. And within that particular ballpark of reverbs that they have, and I realize this is on the pedal too, but you know, when you see it in the plug-in form and you get to play around with it and just instantly start switching things, it's kind of like, oh, dude, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Because <laughs> I started right. playing around with it, the Corral version on snare drums. And boy, what a oh, character that okay. starts throwing around on a snare. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, we're going to do some tips here later on in the second half of this. The first one that I went to because I really liked that sound and I had a feeling that it was going to be exactly what it was, and that's the shimmer. Mm-hmm. Because I have a feeling that there's another plugin called very similarly, but it has a different <laughs> well, <laughs> manufacturer in front of it. That, that Your I really theory is liked. that somebody from Strymon worked at Eventide. That's my speculation. I have no basis for that other than that sound mm-hmm. because to me, that that's the sound. I, and I remember when I heard it the first time, it was a personal story here when I was still attending MI, Vivian Campbell came and performed at the school. Right. And they were doing this track and he, after this song, he actually says, like, hey, you know, if anybody wonders where the keyboard player is, He's in my H3000, right? <laughs> and it is that patch where it has this regeneration and pitch shifting thing, and it does that so well. But again, we're going to dig in deeper on that. But that was the first one I went to. I'm like, yep, that sounds just like it. That sounds freaking awesome. Any right? others that kind of struck you as cool? Yeah, there are a few things. I was playing around with these and trying to find unusual sort of applications for these, I guess mm-hmm. the best way I could say it. I like Magneto. I think that's really cool. I'm going to second you on that one. I was running just a drum programming thing that I did mm-hmm. where I was testing different things on drums. And Magneto had one where it was like, and I set it offset, so to speak, with the three head version. Right. Uh, uh-huh. Obviously, we'll talk about this a little bit further down the road in the podcast, but where it gave the drum loop that already had a cool groove uh-huh. an even fucking cooler groove to it. Because it, it was like, I, I don't even have, it's almost like having a tap delay was sort yeah. of what it was like. And then right. you could manipulate that based on the timing that you want out of the magneto reverb. And it gave a really cool vibe. And then you mix it and dial it back so it's not overpowering the actual groove that you're doing. And it becomes this huge supportive thing. And I tried yeah. to go back and like, oh, the timing on that is not this particular note value. It's it's I'm I'm stretching it out a little bit more. But God, the the feel it gave to the drum groove was like, oh, that's just badass. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know, the, the first thing that you'd be probably thinking of here is like, it's essentially a guitar pedal, right? So you think of guitar as the the main application for it. Sure. But that is doing yourself a disservice, I think, because we've both had a little bit of time to play with this mm-hmm. and just discovering different uses for it. Even if you don't play guitar, this is a really, really cool reverb. You asked me if anything else stuck out 
I like the corral as well that yeah. you you mentioned. Uh -huh. um, there are other ones as well, but we're going to dig in a little bit deeper second half of the podcast here. But it's a cool plugin. I I like it a fair bit here. I so. like it a lot. <laughs> right. The old Jim Carrey. All right, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> so. What else can we say about the plugin besides that? Maybe just go over just the shared parameters, if you will, that I think it does so well, right? Where it just has sure. unified interface here. So mm -hmm. go for Should it. Should I do it? Yeah, do well, start okay. off. You, you do half, I'll do the other half. All right. Well, it starts with decay, and mm -hmm. that's self-explanatory, right? Length of reverb. One thing that I should point out here, though, that in certain settings, it can go up to 50 seconds. Oh, yeah. It gets pretty ridiculous. <laughs> so, you know, in, in past, we've talked about that. And you've asked me, what, what's the longest reverb time that you've you've ever used? And I can honestly say I've never gone beyond 50 seconds. <laughs> so, uh, but, but it comes in handy in certain situations. But the decay is, you know, self-explanatory, right? Pre-delay, yep. same thing again there, right? Self-explanatory. Now, the tone knob, I think, is cool. Because you can think of this as just an EQ thing for the high end or, or the high frequency, I should say, yep. of the reverb, where higher values is including more of the high frequency. And you can roll that off, right? With lower values, you darken that up. And that's something that we've talked about with reverb use, that taking off some of that high end can make it sit a little bit better if it's just a supporting reverb type of thing. So, sure. Uh, yeah. the what next, else we got? The next dial over is the modulation knob, and which mm -hmm. allows you to add modulation sound to the reverb. Right. That's something that I think we should mention a little bit more because that can be an unusual sound in isolation at sure. heavy values. Because you think, well, why, why would I want that? Why would I want it to sort of wobble a bit, right? It does add a certain sense of... Um, Movement. Realism. Realism. And also spatial value too. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's something that can add a little bit of life to it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Cut you off. No, that's perfectly fine. And, and I've, I've messed around with that quite heavily <laughs> in yeah. terms of like, oh, let's just add a whole bunch and see what happens to the sound. The next one is the low end. And this is not so much self-explanatory as it is a shelf that can either be additive or subtractive to the low end. And it right. doesn't tell you what the cutoff is in terms of the frequency, but it does make a rather interesting difference. If you were to dial down the tone knob, that is the high end, and then you dial up the low end, you can certainly make some thick sounding verbs. And on the opposite spectrum, if you dial down the low end and you dial up the tone, you can make some very, very thin, brittly, bright sounding reverbs. Yeah. Just got one phrase for you there, Jody. Use your ears, man. <laughs> no, no then, but, it, yeah. but it's a functional character that you can do because, again, it's the same thing that where the high end can be very overbearing in a reverb chain, right? So can the low end. Sure. The ability to just roll that off is nice, just again, yep. to, to make it sit a little bit better. The next knob is the mix knob. And this is the knob that tells you if you're running a direct signal through it, are you going to go 100% direct signal or are you going to mix some portion of the reverb in there or 100% of the wet signal coming out of the back end of the plugin with none of the direct signal? 
that's the mix knob. And there's an interesting button with the mix knob that has a little lock on it. Yeah. And the cool thing about that is that when you change presets, if you have the lock turned on on the mix knob, it never changes the mix value. That's handy so that way when you go in between presets, you still have the same mix value. Uh, yeah. uh, of course, that's something if you're using this on an aux, right, on a send, you, you would more than likely just have it 100%. You don't have to, but that's yeah. generally what you do. That's cool as well. One last thing that I want to touch on here as well with the general controls here, if you will, is it has a hold function mm -hmm. that is in two parts. We can have an infinite and a freeze. What the heck does that mean, right? Well, if you go for the infinite option, Let's say that you're holding down a cord on a pad or whatever, and you press the hold button. It takes that signal and just holds it, just like the name implies. But now, depending on which option you have with the infinite or the freeze, if you have the infinite and you play additional notes, it adds that to the reverb tail. If you're in the freeze mode and you play additional notes, those are not included in the reverb tail. So only that initial hold is being held. So that's it's almost like you can use it as almost like a loop pedal, right? Where you're just holding down one chord and you mm -hmm. can potentially just like play on top of that. Uh, creative uses for that as well, I suppose. It is a nice function. I, I could see that being useful for the original intent that I had mentioned to the Strymon exec that I had mentioned, hey, plugins of your stuff would be cool in a digital setting where I could set with that pedal that I designed, create a freeze knob, so to speak, a freeze button mm. that I could yeah. step on for the reverb and then let it hold and do it either way. That would be a really cool thing, digitally speaking, that I'm sure people do when they have the actual pedal. Right. That takes care of all the parameters that the plugin has available to you. Now, some of them change a little bit in terms of internally when you choose a particular playground of reverb to mess with. There's additional controls that pop up in the interface. Yeah, they're sort of exclusive to to that type of reverb. So it's really simple to kind of use. I hate that phrase. Oh, it's simple to use because it implies <laughs> that everybody's a freaking idiot, right? But we but, are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we're musicians, right? It's simple to get good results. And a lot of it is relatively self-explanatory. And if it isn't, it's documented in the manual. So read the fucking manual, folks. That's but, right. Uh, and with that, we're going to take a word from our sponsors. And we're back. Right now, Chris and I are going to do a little bit more of an in-depth dive in a couple of these reverb playgrounds that are part of the Big Sky from Strymon. What's the first one that you well, want to talk one about? I want to go into is the cloud. Mm -hmm. And I think you mentioned that at the top. That's a really, really cool one. So many of the other ones here, we, we could have a four-hour podcast talking about <laughs> all these different ones. Right. So out of courtesy to you, we're not going to do that. Also, some of them are... We all know what they sound like. We know what a plate sounds like. And these are all great reverbs. But the cloud, I thought, is really, really cool on synth pads. Mm -hmm. It just gives that nice, big, lush, just like the heavenly chorus opens up, right? <laughs> like, it would imply. It's not even the clouds part, and all of a sudden, angels sing. <gasps> yeah. No, it, so it's 
really, really nice for, let's say that you're, you're doing a lot of soundscape-y type of stuff, right? For keyboard pads, that type of a thing. That's where I used it and I thought it, it worked really, really well. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned just before the break here that certain parameters appear as you, you're changing the modes, right? Yep. And here we have a diffusion parameter that shows up. Mm-hmm. The best way to think of a diffusion, I think, is the more diffusion value is you're, you're softening the reverb. You, you can think of it as having padding in a room type of thing. Well, I don't know so, if I'd think of it as padding in a room. Well, my way of thinking that the echoes, if you will, yes, in the room. the right? ping-pongy the, value of initial hits. It, everything gets softened with a higher value. So when we're dealing with this, in this case of, of the cloud, makes it smoother. With a higher setting. Low, right, with a higher setting. It's great for that kind of stuff. I had great success with it on pads and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's hard to hear that effect. One thing I did was like, it's like eh, it can be a little bit weird to hear that if you have just a big lush chord and you're dialing up the diffusion. It's like, okay, I don't really hear much of a difference here. <laughs> but but one way to, to kind of hear what you can do is if you try it on like a single percussive hit, perhaps, yep. so like you're just hitting a snare or something, mm-hmm. you will definitely hear what that is doing. So it can get a cleaner. It still sounds great, even at lower values, but yep. that's the first one that I kind of like, okay, this is really, really cool. Yeah. So I wanted to dig in. What about you with that one? Have you... With the cloud? Anything, yeah. Anything well, that you, you'd like to add to that? or No, I think you explained it pretty well. Obviously, with the diffusion thing, I, I messed around with how the big wash of, of spatialness that you can get out of the cloud playground. Right. What did you use it on primarily? Was it also like synth type of stuff, or did you try it on other things? No, I tried it on uh, various things. And where I noticed, as you were saying, you know, you take a percussion hit. So I was specifically trying the snare in a drum situation Mm. on all of these reverbs just to hear what they would do with a very percussive sound. And cloud is kind of interesting on a snare with a high diffusion pattern and with a low diffusion pattern is you can get it very ping-pongy or you can get it very kind of like washing and going a bazillion different places with one hit kind of thing. Right. Cool. What's the next one that you, you mentioned? Corral. I did. Or, or Corali or Corral or. I think it's Corral. <laughs> coral. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coral. <laughs> Maybe dig into that one. Though. This one, when you dial up Coral or Corral, it gets you a new interface on the inside that has different vocal resonances. And there are various vowels, oohs and ahs and kind of things. <laughs> And yeah, it's very hard to describe. It, isn't it? You, you have to hear have to this hear one. It. Yeah, this is one where you have to hit it and play with it and be like, wow. And again, I did this specifically on a snare just to listen to what it would do to the snare. And I can see myself using this in an upcoming production that I have just on the snare drum. Because it is so much fun to hit this and have this reverb thing come back and be like, Ah, or ooh, kind of thing when you hit it. And it's like, that's really interesting that it does that. It's like, oh, and you can, I think there's about eight different vowel sounds that they have 
if I, I didn't count them out, but I'm guessing it was about eight different vowel sounds. Yeah, there, there's seven of them. Okay, uh, and, and it, it makes no sense for me to rattle them off what they are here because you just have to hear you them. You do but have to different, hear them. Yeah, they're different of like ahs and oohs, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't use it on percussive stuff. Is my I tried this again because this is, with my way of thinking, this is an instant sort of like choir maker. Sure. Right? So again, I, I did it on the synth thing, synth pad. And I ran the signal completely wet. I had it on a bus, but I, but I took out the source essentially. Uh-huh. And getting what just it's a choir, like you're just you're just playing a choir, right? And would it be it come depend- close to saying that it's kind of like a vocoder? No, because it's, it's not to me, quite it's that. Not, is it? It, it's not a vocoding effect. It, no. Yeah, it just sounds like people singing ooh and ah, depending on where those resonances are set, mm-hmm. and. Again, here we have a couple of different levels of this, I suppose. In this, it goes from like mild to medium and high, right? And that's essentially how it pushes those resonances in different frequency spectrums, which tricks us into hearing that it's actually oohs and ahs and that right. kind of thing. It's not like going to sound like a a live human classical choir. No, in, no, not at all. In like an isolated setting, but. It's going to do wonders probably if you have it in a track and you want to have those kind of like oohs and stuff. It, it's certainly going to add something. It can so, definitely give the ear candy of like, what the, what the, what the, what? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, you know, if you you were braver than I was and, and tried this on percussive stuff. Yeah. No, and okay. it's fun. Well, I mean, it sounded really fun. I was like, huh, that's kind of nifty. <laughs> right. Yeah. Next one for me was shimmer that mm-hmm. I mentioned off the top. Yep. For me, that H3000 sound. Mm-hmm. This is one of those things when I am definitely thinking guitar, it doesn't have to be, but a clean guitar going into this would sound amazing with these big ringy chords that are going to, even if you're like a picking part. It does that by having like two pitch shifters essentially in it. Yep. So you get two new controls when you dial up Shimmer is essentially what it is. Yeah, you get that in the amount as well. The pitch shifting here, I think, is really, really cool. It goes from down an octave to up two octaves. So you can get that super high-end Shimmer. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And everything in between, it doesn't just step in octaves. It does every half step. It goes in like in seconds. Right, mm-hmm. and not in seconds as in time, but in harmonic seconds. So you know, minor second, major second, and so on. Now it has another feature that I think is really cool. In between just doing the half steps, if you will, you can set it to plus or minus ten cents. So you can get that like, slightly detuned flavor to it. Exactly. I thought this is a great way to possibly add width or thickness to a single source. Like sure. let's say that you have a vocal perhaps even that you can do that with. I wouldn't go super crazy with the amount then maybe, but you'd have to play around with it. It's a really, really cool thing for anything, really. I mean, if you want to add that sound, if you like that sound, mm-hmm. I do. I'm a big fan. So <laughs> two thumbs up for Shimmer for me. But, uh, I gave it two thumbs up to it. It does sound really cool. The only thing that I kind of wish that it would have and uh-huh. I'm assuming that they could add this in at some point. When you have a stereo version of the plugin, it would be nice to be able to pan the uh, yeah, yeah. the two sides, so to speak, and, and put them somewhere else in the stereo field. Right. Another thing that 
would be cool, but you'd have to obviously specify certain parameters here. And I don't think it's possible at this point would be if you set it up for, you know, not an octave, but let's say that you have it set for thirds or whatever. And to have it follow the key is what you're saying. Exactly. That would be really, really cool. But you'd obviously have to specify that. So it's not intelligent now. It's just if you have a third up, it's going to stay a major third or whatever you have, right? Right. Whether that's in your key or not. That would be extra cool if you're Steve Vai or because <laughs> he used to do that a lot on yeah. like Passion of Warfare and stuff. So Shimmer, what's next? Magneto or Magneto. I didn't how I, would you I, would, would it be Magneto? Magneto? Well, Magneto sounds like uh, a villain, right? Yes, so, it does from let's the go Marvel Universe. So Magneto. Right. <laughs> this is the idea behind this one. And this was fun because I already mentioned it. It's like having additional playheads on a tape machine that you're playing back on and getting the echoes or reverb from the playheads, which allows you to create a very different type of reverb sound that almost is like tap delays or stutter steps of some sort when you do whatever you're running through it. It's an interesting effect. And like I said, I ran a drum loop through this and started messing around with the different head playbacks and stuff and trying to figure out the timing and whatnot to make it groove with the drums, which is where I found it to be rather interestingly cool to run the entire loop rather than just a single drum through it and have it just thicken up the groove in a very, very different way. Obviously, there's more to it than that. There's also a modulation wheel that goes in there that kind of becomes like your tape delay, wow and flutter kind of thing. Yeah. And then this also has a diffusion knob in it as well that allows you to smooth out the effect so it's not quite so ping-pongy, ping-ping-ping-ping kind of thing. Yeah. This was one that I probably would experiment with the most because I think you could get so many different sounds out of it. One thing that I noticed that I thought was really, really cool was – as you mentioned, it has three, four, or six playheads on it, which means that if you, well, you essentially get three repeats, four repeats, or six repeats and of they, the signal. Yes, but, and they all span within the actual time frame because three, you're hearing them pretty obvious. Four, they sound like they get squished, and six, it sounds like you're on a repetitive EDM kind of thing. But, <laughs> but this is cool, though, because I discovered that the tempo of that is set with a delay time. Oh, uh, see, I didn't mess around with it enough to know yeah. that. So, so you could actually sync it to whatever it is, no, if you know the tempo of your song, which you obviously do, but then just figure out the delay time because that, that's in milliseconds. Mm-hmm. So you can do that. And one thing that I noticed that this is probably not the way that you're thinking of it as a reverb plugin or reverb effect. If you have a single hit, let's say a snare drum in this case, could be any note, a bass note, whatever, and you bring down the diffusion to negative values. Well, then it becomes like individual hits. Yeah. So it almost almost makes like a tremolo effect with a certain division. You know, the three effects, you would have the hit and then it would go ta-ta-ta. Right. Okay, three, right? And then four and so forth. Out of courtesy to your listener, I'm not going to try to emulate that sound <laughs> with my mouth. But you can also have it spaced out even or uneven. So it's a little bit of pushing and, and pulling of the timing of the repeats as you get. It's a very, very cool effect. I think you can do some really, really interesting 
experimental stuff with this because oh, sure. it's almost like one thing I did as well was I was just playing around with this, right? If you hit that snare mm -hmm. and with a low diffusion setting and three or four hits doesn't matter. But then if you modulate the delay time to speed that up, you almost get the the feeling of a snare roll as you do that. Ooh, look at so, you. Yeah. I didn't mess I was with like, it that way. That sounds like well, it would be fun. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. So I I like that a lot. And I see that as a great tool for experimenting and coming up with different sounds when you would traditionally not think, oh, reverb. Right. But you can do more kind of stuff with that. That's the main ones that, that I kind of wanted to go over. Did you want to touch on any other ones that, that we have there? No, well, there is one particular reverb playground, so to speak, that has the dimensions of what it is in size. I'm Whether it's the rectangle or the oblong or the square, or it goes like horizontal and vertical. And it has a representation in the interface of whatever it is that it's doing. And it looks like a little dot. And I'm assuming that that's where the microphone is supposed to be. Right. And then you can actually move in the interface of that rectangle where you want the source to be coming from. So right. to speak. And that moves it around. And that is pretty cool. I messed around a bit with that. And that was like, oh, that's pretty badass. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm glad you bring that up because that was going to be my pick as well to add something else because this is the reflections. Right. For, for those that don't have the plug in, in front of you. Just like you said, you, you kind of like you're moving the source or, or the pick, the microphone, I suppose, from the source in the room and you can place it in different places on an XY axis. To me, this was kind of like just the name implies that it's great for adding a little bit of ambience, like you're placing the source in the room in a very just, not a massive hall type of a thing, but yep. more of you just creating some early reflections type of thing. That's another cool one. Any other versions that you'd like to, to touch on or... or is that it? I think. I mean, that, I mean that we could do well. We could go like a long time on this, but I think we've covered like the cooler things that we think are cool. <laughs> yeah. This. No, let's just. Move yeah. So, so I think these are things that set it apart from just your regular your standard reverb. reverb yeah. Right. And besides it being a quality reverb, I think that, to me that's what makes it interesting, as opposed to no, I have my 480. Okay. Well, are you going to replace the hall reverbs from this? Maybe, maybe not. It's these things that, that to me, makes it stand you know, out. Right. You'd be able to do um, things differently. Other things that I would like to touch on as well is like, this is just a silly thing. The GUI is resizable. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of things are, but a lot of things aren't as well. Yeah. <laughs> and when you're running a high-resolution screen and you're old, your <laughs> eyes will thank you for being able to resize uh, right. the, the GUI. So that's kind of cool. I like, you mentioned it before, I like the ability to lock the mix knob. Yeah. I think that's really, really cool. There's one other handy little nifty thing in this interface, and it's a little eyeball that is not very obtrusive, I guess would be a way of saying it. It's, like mm -hmm. you don't, it's yeah. very easy to miss it, but it has three settings based on this eyeball. Right. And the three settings are if it's in full eyeball mode, you see all the numbers and everything of the interface yeah, on the all parameters the dials. All the, the parameters are, yeah. are available. Then there's a second one where you click it and it's got a little slash through it. And 
then they're all off. You don't see them. Right. It's just the knobs. And then you hit it again and it's grayed out kind of thing. And when you do that, you don't see all the parameters at once, but anything you hover over, it shows you that parameter at that given moment. Right. And that's pretty so cool. That's going into the engineering of the UI that who thought of that, but that's kind of nifty. Yeah. If you want like a really clean interface, if you're one of those guys, I don't want all these numbers. It's purely an aesthetic thing. It's also so, just so you can get to just using your ears and not mixing all this stuff with your eyeballs. Use your ears, man. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's cool. I liked it. I like this plugin a lot. So are you uh, saying it's two thumbs up from you? Yeah. I would give it two thumbs up. Definitely. Yeah. Right. What about you? I'll go with two thumbs up and a couple of toes too. Ooh, <laughs> lofty praise from Mr. Whitesize. Yeah, I like this reverb. It's, it's a lot of fun. We're going to move on to our Friday Finds. Chris, what you got this week? This is something that I used to be not super picky about, mm. and it's bass amp sims. Well, like, it's because yeah. you're not a bass player per se. Well, but I just thought that a lot of them sounded so good. Mm. Until this week. <laughs> When <laughs> he found I, the worst think, sounding one ever. No, <laughs> <laughs> quite the opposite, actually. I think I have a new favorite bass amp sim, mm -hmm. and it's uh, Neural DSP, which I really like their stuff. I use their Soldano amp sim for my guitar work a lot these days. But I tried the Dark Glass Ultra, it sounds amazing. It is really, really cool. It can do everything from sort of like face-melting, distorted bass tones to just really, really clean stuff. It just does it all sounding really, really good, at least to my ears. My Friday fun this week has to be Dark Glass Ultra from Neural DSP. And it comes in two different flavors because these are actually modeled after boxes. Mm. And they sound really, really, really good. That's my find this week. Sweet. What about you? Okay, I'm going to be like Monty Hall. And for anybody who doesn't know who that is, you'll need to Google that. And I'm going to okay, choose... give me a say, second. I'm just going to Google this. <laughs> <laughs> Which means there are three doors and you're going to choose one, two, or three. And depending on what number you choose is what my Friday find will be this week. This sounds a little bit like you're trying to sneak in multiple choices. I'm not I'm going to. Go, I'm just going to give you one I'm going to go um, door number three. Door number three. Main stage has just been updated by Apple. Okay. Nice. You're and a main stage user? I am a main stage user. And the interesting thing about this update is it has taken all of the pedals in the pedal board plugin and has allowed the individual user to now take individual pedals out of the pedal board as their own plugins. Okay. I don't know did, why you'd want to do that, but now you I have gonna, that option. I was going to say, did we want that? <laughs> I don't know. So actually, it seems like kind of a nifty idea. It's just odd. I've never thought of wanting that, but they have done that now. That is the main stage update. They say that there are additional bug fixes. What they are, they don't really tell you. There's performance enhancements and bug updates to main stage this week as of the recording of this podcast. Does it do timeline yet? Oh, no. does not do timeline yet. And yeah. my understanding is Apple will never do that. That's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. But that is just the unfortunate reality of main stage. All right. 
While we've got your attention, we ask that you go to InsideTheRecordingStudio.com and sign up for our mailing list. Doing so will get you weekly reminders about the Tuesday tips when they come out, and we'll make sure you don't miss any future episodes of this lovely podcast. Send us an email at goldstar, G-O-L-D-S-T-A-R, at Inside the Recording Studio with the phrase, Big Sky! and you'll get something cool back in your inbox. If you have a topic or suggestion for Chris and I to explain in a future episode, contact us at the contact page, and we'll put it into consideration for a future episode. With that, I'll say, see you next week. Have a good one, Jody, and thank you so much for listening, everybody. Everybody.